The stage is dark, but the conversation is just beginning. Welcome back to the Utah Symphony's Ghost Light Podcast, a behind-the-curtain look into the world of classical music and the artists who make it. I'm your host, Jeff Counts, and I want to welcome everyone back. We've been off for a little while, and Chad and I want to send our apologies to you. Summer's very busy here at Utah Symphony, and one of the things we're doing is putting together three concerts a week with fabulous artists like the one sitting across from me right now. I'd like to welcome actor, musician, Kapathia Jenkins. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's so great to have you here. I did that double title for you because I know it's important to you. I've spent some time on your website and you ah. do, you define yourself as an actor and a musician, not, mm-hmm. not one or the other. And I'm wondering how these two very different but, but connected art forms have influenced the other for you. I mean, could mm. you be the kind of singer you've become if you weren't also a very serious actor along the way? You know, I don't think so. I very much think as an actor all the time. Mm-hmm. And so approaching music is, for me, everything starts with the lyric and the story. Everything. Yeah. And then everything sort of layers on top of that. I believe that the acting side of my life has probably informed my performance more than anything. I have heard, you know, people say to me, oh, I've listened to that song forever, but for some reason I heard it in a different way when you sang it. And so that's like the greatest compliment oh, yeah. ever. It doesn't, it doesn't get better than that. <laughs> it doesn't it's, get any better, it's right? It's not possible. Yeah, and I yeah. think as the years have gone on in life experience, I've probably become better at sort of owning stories for myself. If a, if a song, you know, is something reflective of my life or my life experience, it's easier for me to get inside of it. Yeah and tell the story. Uh, I just want people to come along with me on whatever journey it is. So yeah, I think acting is paramount for me. Yeah. I know that on the singing side of your life, I know your influences, Ella and Sarah and Mm. people like this, you know, Billy, you know. Oh gosh, yeah. I had a great conversation last year with Patty Austin on this show and she was here doing a show about Ella Mm -hmm. because it was 2017. Yeah, Centennial. Centennial, exactly. And I was asking her how she felt about the state of Ella's legacy, because I think this is a noisy world where everything happens Mm. super quick. And Ella's music is not quick, it's slow Mm. in all the best ways, you Mm -hmm. know? And I just wonder how you'd answer that question. What do you think about the state of Ella as Mm -hmm. an important figure in the American psyche right now? He's a fool and don't I know it, but a fool can have his charms. I'm in love and don't I show it Like a babe in arms Love's the same old sad sensation Lately I've not slept a wink Since this half-pint imitation Put me on the blink I've sinned a Sweet seventeen, a lot bewitched, bothered, and bewildered. Am I? Ella's legacy is alive and well. And maybe in spite of what's going on in the world now, this yeah. sort of darkness and yeah. and uncertain and unsettled yeah. kind of air. 
I think it's alive and well. And I was very busy last year with Ella programs because it was her centennial. Right. And I got to travel to many places. And one in particular, I was in Russia last year with a big band celebrating mm. Ella. I had never been there. And obviously, I don't speak Russian. Sure. <laughs> right. And a lot of them did not speak English. But they were singing along in the audience. It was the, the most heartwarming thing ever. That's you know, they love Ella so much. And I think that's true around the world. And I would also venture to say I did many concerts within the States with Ella programs, all either sold out or close to sold out. And I would like to think it was because they were coming to see Capathia Jenkins, but I think it was the power of Ella. You uh -huh. know what I mean? And the, the power of you know, so many patrons or audience members has said to me, gosh, it was so nice. I remember seeing her live, or I listened to her, we listened to her records at home, and we just love her so much. And it is of a time gone by, it right? Is. This kind of special, innocent time. It's of an America gone mm. by, mm -hmm. unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Exactly, yeah. right? And we, you, with Ella, you're celebrating the great American songbook. Absolutely. Beautiful composers, yeah. like great lyrics, yeah. delicious melody. You know, it's like mm -hmm. all of that good stuff. Yeah. So I think her legacy is alive and well. I love the idea of people around the world associating her with our country. Mm. Because I don't know that there's anybody alive now that represents it better, you know? I she's, would agree, yeah. She's really something. Well, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm glad you got that opportunity. And just because... The centennial's over. I'm sure you haven't stopped doing Ella's work, and I'm sure it's going to continue yeah, for you. Yeah, yeah. Because you're yeah. one of the great interpreters of her oh, art form. Oh, thank you, yeah. thank you. Yeah, we're going to do a, a new program, myself and Tony Desaire, yeah. uh, called Frank and Ella. He's yeah. doing Sinatra, and I'm doing Ella. Yeah. And I think that's two of the best yeah. ever to do it, ever. You're doing that with us, right? Yes, next we week. are. Next we are. week. I'm so excited. As we record next week at up at Snow Basin, we're, Snow really, Basin, we're yes. really thrilled about that. Yeah. Well, I don't want to gloss over the fact that you have had such an important Broadway career too, and mm. it seems to me that Broadway is in the midst of a sort of a tonal shift right now, especially with with content and the messages seem to be getting really consistently very heavy and social and mm. political. But at the same time, there's this really pop influenced music happening. Mm -hmm. These two things seem they happen sometimes together on the same show. Mm -hmm. I wonder if you think my observations are correct, if so, or even if not, what Broadway scene looks like from the inside to you. I'm sure that every era of Broadway feels like it's undergoing a big tonal shift. <laughs> yeah. what, do you, what do you think? I think? I think your observation is absolutely right. With all the things that have, have come in recent years, you know, sort of commenting on social ills yeah. and things like that, yeah. I think we have a lot of young composers and uh -huh. young writers, and they're writing about what they see and what they've experienced. So it's only natural that artists gonna sort of imitate life, sure. you know? Yeah. And that sort of pop vernacular, right? I think that that's inevitable. Yeah. And I, I remember reading about um, and studying about musical theater back in the day where the musical theater music was the popular music of the day. I'm sure. You know what I mean? No, that's, and so yeah. I think that there are some some, some theater diehards and purists yeah. <laughs> who yeah. probably turn their nose up at, at certain things. But for me, I just welcome all of it. And I am one of those people, I just 
pray for the space for it all to exist, mm-hmm. right? So now you can go see Dear Evan Hansen, right. and Frozen, right. and you can also see Hello Dolly. Sure. You know what I mean? And My Fair Lady and mm-hmm. Carousel. Sure. And so the fact that it can all exist makes me happy. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah. yeah, but I think your observation is absolutely right. Well, Broadway is one of those great art forms that brings its history along with it everywhere mm. it goes. You know, mm-hmm. and you know, orchestras do that too, to a, yeah. to an extent. But the the canon in Broadway stays important no matter how much time has gone by, which which, right. which I think is pretty cool. Yeah. You know, you perform so much with orchestras now, doing shows like you're doing with us this week, and I. Yeah. I mean, do you even have time to consider Broadway roles anymore? <laughs> I mean, that's such a that's such a time intensive thing. It is. Yeah. It is. You know, so many of my friends, you know. They sort of see me posting on social media, and they're like, oh, my God, you're always gone. You're always working yeah. with orchestras. Are yeah. you done with theater? And I don't think I'm done with it, yeah. but I I do feel like I am at a place in my life where the role that comes along that takes me back to Broadway has to be you know, it has to be challenging for me right. and I have to feel accomplished on the other side of the challenge. Yeah, sure. And so those roles for me are kind of few and far between. Yeah. I haven't given up on it. Mm-hmm. I just, I would love to go back and, and really be challenged and, and perhaps have my name above the title and be fancy, a fancy star. I would uh, like to see that happen <laughs> for you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, but, you know, uh, Broadway is a grind. Mm-hmm. You know, it's eight shows a week. Yeah. And you got to show up for that Absolutely. eight times consistently, yeah. right? And yeah. so that's hard work, and I'm no stranger to hard work, but it's just hard in a different way. Yeah. You know, orchestra work is very solitary for me. I'm at home in my office, you know, learning my music on my own. Sure. And then I show up, and I get one, maybe two rehearsals with the orchestra, and right. then we go. And I love the challenge of that. I love it. And I also, listen, I'm this little girl from Brooklyn, New York, and I put on my cute dress and I come out and this orchestra starts an intro for me. You know what I mean? Like, I can't even take it. I can't even take it. I get so excited by it. I just love it so much. Um, and we don't we don't have that luxury on Broadway. Right. You know, we don't have 80 pieces, you know, mm-hmm. down there in the pit. They sound great in the pit. They're working with what they have. Yeah. But it's just a different experience. And I just, I love it. And I keep coming back for more and more and more. I just love, I love all the, the programs that I get to sing. And, um, You've yeah. done it a lot. You've a played lot. with a lot of orchestras. Oh, yeah. All the great American orchestras. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure orchestras around the world as well. Like yeah. you mentioned this Ella show. Yeah. Um, was mm-hmm. that with orchestra, the one? That, that was, was with a big band. With a big band, okay. Yeah, yeah. but I played yeah. in the Czech Republic yeah. and um, in Hong Kong with yeah. the Philharmonic. And yeah, I just, I love it so much. Well, as a, I'm glad you love it as a person who works on the orchestra side yeah. of the music industry because it's it's been great to see what's happened with you. And you're, mm-hmm. you know, you're with us for two shows over these couple of weeks. And it's, yeah. it's very, very special. Speaking of special things, I want to talk about something you did a couple of, um, well, it was earlier this summer, I think, this mm-hmm. concert you did with Audra. Ah, oh, yes. Uh, the one you did for Covenant House, and I know you've been on the board, and for those who don't know, this is a group that helped kids overcome homelessness, mm-hmm. and as a board member of that group, and uh, I've read that this has been an important issue for you for a long time, Yeah. I wonder what your experience with Covenant House gave you in terms of wisdom that you might share with us as a Western city, Salt mm-hmm. Lake is undergoing a current epidemic of homelessness oh. it seems to get worse every week here and i just wow. what what can you offer from your experiences there what wisdom has covenant house given you well i'll tell you you know 
Covenant House is really sort of a comprehensive program. It's not just a shelter, mm -hmm, right? We mm -hmm. start as a shelter, right? When a kid comes through the door, you know, you try to access their immediate needs, right? So sometimes it's a hot meal, sure. it's a bed, it's a shower, it's clean their clothes or whatever. And I love that they're so comprehensive. And then you can get a GED and they learn work skills and how, you know, to figure out how to write a resume and on all of those things, mm -hmm. right? And so we sort of get them on their way to re-enter society. I would say one of the things that, or a lot of things that I've learned is that homeless young people are not always homeless because they ran away from home, right? So there's like thousands of stories of why. Right. Maybe you are gay and you came out to your parents and they threw you out. Sure. Or, you know, or maybe you grew up in a household where your parents were in and out of prison or on drugs or, you know, whatever. And so yeah. the thing that we've learned, particularly in the Broadway community, is, you know, we have a shelter, we have a covenant house not far from where our stage doors are. And these kids are walking by our stage doors every day. And so just to be aware of them and mm. to see them, yeah. right? Yeah. They're serving you your coffee at Starbucks or, you know, waiting on you at the wall. Greens or the CVS or whatever, those are our kids. Those are the jobs that they get. And so we just wanted to, to bring an awareness to the Broadway community and just reach out, be aware of them, see them, and help them in whatever way you can. And sometimes it's not always to give them money or you can say, there's a shelter down the street. Do you need to eat something? Do you need a bed? Do Just to see them. So I would offer that to, to Utah. You yeah. know what I mean? Just see these people. They are people. They're somebody's child or you know, wife or kid or, or whatever, there's some, they have a family somewhere, they are a human being. And yeah. so even if you can just offer them a smile and say, I see you, I see you, it's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. What can I do to help you? You know, so I would offer that, you yes. know, I think sometimes homeless people are invisible. They feel invisible, For you sure. know, um, it's a rough way to go. And I say for myself growing up in an inner city, there but for the grace of God, you know, sure. that I had a mom who nurtured my dreams yeah. and my life, you know, my livelihood fed me and, and clothed me and, and housed me and, and all that. So the fact that these kids are walking around without that just, it breaks my heart. It breaks my heart. What I really hear you saying is that the need is the thing to focus on, not the reason, because mm. American society loves to debate the causes of homelessness, whether or not it's mental health issues or drug issues or family yeah. problems, it's all of those things. Who cares? Yeah. The need is what matters most. That is perfect. Well, I, yeah. just, I hate to follow such a wonderful sentiment with kind of a silly question, but we have a tradition on this show, and I'm gonna I'm gonna just forge ahead <laughs> if you don't mind, Kabathia. And it's because of the name and because of theaters and them being famously haunted. Yeah. I'm wondering if you've ever seen a ghost, and if you have, give us some details, please. <laughs> No, I've never seen a ghost. All the theaters you've been in, not a ghost. <laughs> Listen, I've heard all the ghost light stories yeah. and all of that in the yeah. old Broadway home sure. houses, but sure. no, I've never personally seen a ghost. Okay. But I will say this, I do subscribe to the fact that they are there. See, I'm that way too. I'm yeah. open to the experience. I've oh, never yeah. seen one, but I'm open to it. Yeah. yeah. I'm open to it if it's a friendly ghost. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, maybe the next time we have you on, and I hope we do, um, something will have happened. Something friendly will have happened. Something friendly and good. Okay. Kapathia Jenkins, thank you so much for being on the Ghost Life Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. What a pleasure. Thank you. It was a great time. Thank you. The Ghost Light Podcast is produced and edited by Chad Call. Utah Symphony Utah Opera season sponsor is the George S. and Dolores Dore Eccles Foundation.